Hello everyone, welcome back to the Carlton Rap Podcast. What a win on Thursday night. It, it's it's so odd feeling this good after a win, uh, after so many years of losses and just constant failures, but here we are 10 years later, 10, 10 whole years later, and finally we're going into the new week with a bit of optimism and a, you know something to smile about. On my own again today, keeping it audio due to just camera issues because I don't have a proper camera to record with and it takes a lot of time to export, so stuck with audio today. Thought we'd just I'd just go over round one, talk about my thoughts, sort of who played well, and a bit of a preview to round two against the Bulldogs. So let's you know, let's start from the start. I guess I went in very pessimistic if you listen to my round one preview with Pommy. I was fairly confident the Tigers would do very similar to what they did in round one 2021 and 2020 for that case. I, I just... Look, I, I just didn't believe we had the team to knock them over. And I think a lot of people were forgetting like what that Richmond team can be most of the time because I guess with all those injuries they had in 2021 people sort of knew them as a really like unsettled unbalanced team for the most part of that 2021 season but they were sort of back to I'd say full strength and I guess it just worried me because that full strength team had had it over us for the last couple of years so I was very very anxious and probably the worst I felt going into round one nerves wise because I knew this was it I, I, I thought I, I thought this was the last year for it to mean something because I think if we lost this year a win next year would probably wouldn't mean as much assuming Richmond are probably declining from this point onwards so I knew this was an important occasion just on the basis that Richmond is still competitive, they're still a good team, and it just, you know, gives us a bit of respect in the competition, and certainly turning up on Thursday night, it just kicked in straight away how nervous I was, I think the day, the the days leading up to it, I didn't really think about it, and didn't really want to think too much into results, I, I was just expecting a loss, it was more of just, okay, cool, turn up, get dealt with we lose on to round two sort of thing but I we I got there and I was very very anxious I think Richmond running out on the ground sort of did it for me because I hadn't seen them in person for quite a while I mean I saw them I saw them in the Anzac Day game last year but otherwise I never I, I didn't really watch Richmond purely just because they never interest me interested me watching them with the team they had for most of the year. But just seeing the likes, you know, Dusty, even like the the small forwards, the Shy Boltons, Noah Bolters, Dylan Grimes, it just sort of got me a bit nervous thinking, geez, I, I don't think we can match up with these guys, at least for four quarters. And then first bounce, that's it, really kicked in from that point. And honestly, I was, yeah, not, not, 
not loving it. I wasn't loving what I was seeing. I thought, here we go again. As probably most people did, and I don't think it was just me, but I'm probably the most pessimistic Carlton supporter out of all the Carlton fan channels, I guess you can say, on all the socials. I guess what I heard, you know, even at the Blue Abroad, Blue Abroad season launch, I was sort of hearing all these, yeah, we'll, you know, like we'll win easily. Yeah, Ari said six goals. It's like, I was like, nah, like this, this is this is way too optimistic. I was like, we played two good preseason games, but there's, there's just no way that's going to happen. It's just not in our nature to do something like that. And then seeing that, I was like, yeah, I knew they were on. I knew I knew that we would just collapse, and yeah, it just wasn't a good first quarter. And it was it was purely down to skill error, I think. Not you know, I will ask skill execution in the end. It just was really poor. We didn't have a lot of intent going forward. It was a matter of, we were just trying to find our feet, but we were way too slow in finding our feet. And it was probably lucky that Richmond didn't run away with it early on because I, I went into quarter time and just thought next goal is massive in a way because I think it was 9 to 29 at that point I was thinking geez 9 to 35 I know it's early but like that that does kill you a bit and that takes a lot of effort to come back from that sort of margin and that ended up being the biggest margin, 20 points, and that was what we came back from. So it was. It would have been interesting even in the fourth quarter to see if Richmond had kicked another goal. Was that was that you know was that the turning point? I mean, I know we would we in the end we kicked seven goals straight, so we could have come back from much further down. But realistically, if we were much further down than 20 points, we wouldn't have wanted to come back anyway. So going into the second quarter, I was. I set myself up for a loss already. I was already really disappointed. I thought, cool, I'm sure... Like, we kicked the first goal, and I was like, okay, we'll come back. I can see that they're going to pick it up and, you know, turn the intensity up, which they did. But I was just thinking, yeah, this is just very familiar when we look at the past two years and what Richmond have done across, really, the, the last sort of two quarters where they turn it on and push away from us but we we stuck with them and I think there are a lot of contributing factors to it I mean obviously Cripps Camerby those guys had great games and Cripps I mean I always said he would never turn to his return to 2019 form but in all honesty looking now I think he's having some resemblance I don't think he's exactly like that because I think those two teams are quite different in the style of play. I think this one is a bit more team orientated and will do the little things. Whereas twenty nineteen was more focused on just contested footy and getting through a pack and and just finding a way himself. Um Kennedy, I I mean I love Kennedy and I, I was always really angry with the way he was treated under Teague purely because I knew the talent that he had and he, he always had that ability to change the game and make such an impact and he never got played and he spent weeks in the reserves and, and you know that it was quite amazing he never left the club 
after that period. But look at him now. He's absolutely thriving and making a terrific impact. Another factor I'll go on to say was definitely Doc. I mean, that goal was very much a team lifter. And I, I mean, obviously, the reaction around the stadium, just seeing them crowding when he kicked that goal was terrific. And I think it picked us up a little bit. And it sort of, sh- you know, it showed that connection we formed in the off-season. And, it, you know, it gave me a bit more confidence than usual. I was just thinking, yeah, like these things last. And usually those type of things, when they happen in a game, the the energy from that dies off once the momentum switches again. So all that momentum we had from Doc scoring in that emotional moment, it sort of died off. And I was sort of thinking, yeah, okay... I don't think we can maintain this. It would have been that sort of moment, like as fantastic as it was in the second quarter. Like it, like you know, it makes me smile thinking. Just like imagine if that happened in the last quarter, where you know when we were coming back, it would have been insane. But it was great that it happened either way. It was you know one of those things that you don't you'll. I mean, I wouldn't say never see again, but you probably wouldn't see for a very long time for someone like him to, you know, come back from what he had and what he had to suffer through. So that was a fantastic moment. But going into halftime, I was happier with what I saw. I, I just think there were a couple couple things that were very repetitive to the last two years where Richmond would rebound off our... Uh, our sorry. They would rebound off our, you know, errors in the forward line and they'd, they'd absolutely roll us through the middle of the ground. They would expose our turnovers and flood, and flood the midfield, flood the centre, and they would find a target most of the time. That's what they've been doing in the last two years, which yet again spoke with Pom in the pre preview, and he said that last year that was 45 points. There were 45 points that came from defensive turnovers, so it's very, it was very reminiscent of those last two years and I thought, geez, we haven't changed in terms of our game approach. And it did frustrate, frustrate me in the end, seeing that nothing had changed. I thought we would have learnt from our errors in the last two years, but we weren't prepared for a lot of the time. I think it was lucky that we were set up really well behind the ball for that long kick and long entry into Richmond's forward line a lot better than the last two years and I think that definitely helped to stem the flow a bit. Third quarter definitely started to rip me apart, frustrated me quite a lot because I just thought we'd lost the game purely off just poor efforts, poor execution and everything we'd done in that third quarter to you know get our hands on the footy to play a real flowing game you know find our way around the ground without you know having to always without having to kick on or go backwards we were we knew where we were in that second quarter we knew where to go to whereas this third quarter Richmond totally smashed us across the ground they had they outnumbered us at most contests and they ultimately wanted it more in the end, I think. They definitely had much more intent to push forward, to find an open target, 
and it killed us and I, and I thought that was probably where we lost the game the most well I mean we didn't lose it but I thought in terms of our negatives in the game that's where we lost lost our game our game plan our game structure our game style I think that's where we lost it in that third quarter so there are a lot of things that we need to improve on going into round two into round three into round four but I think we did well to to stem their their goal run I think it could have been much worse I think we came out very lucky in three quarter time to not be down by much more and maybe this is just me sort of overreacting purely just because of that nervous energy I had on on the day but I did I was always reverting back to those 2021 years and just thinking it's the same thing happening again where we get so close and we stay with them all game and then we lose track and they get back in front and and stay there the whole time and I was sort of waiting for the one moment that killed the game off for us and I'll, I'll give a perfect example that I say to most people from 2021 was Harry Mackay marking in the goal square and turning around and playing on I think it would have put us up by nine points and he, you know, obviously went through for a point, I think. I was holding the ball. And we were still ahead, about 15 minutes left in the third quarter. Whole game, you know, whole half to go. But I knew psychologically they had the edge and that was enough. Little moments like that where they knew we'd look back at that and think, geez, that's where it got away from us. And that, that was a really crucial moment. So I was sort of waiting for one of those moments to happen on the night. But it didn't. And I think we, we were we kept our cool we're able to sort of oppress what they were doing with the 50 meters call the 50 meter calls towards us we were really good in manipulating the rule and it and it gave us some very opportunistic results and we kicked i think we kicked two goals three goals out of it and it really helped and those are things that we probably wouldn't have done in past years just due to a lack of footy smarts and the ability to read the play and sort of read the environment really well. And I think we did that much better during this game. It did give us a chance. And now I'll move on to the final quarter. Um, after that shy Bolton goal, I, I completely, in all honesty, wrote them off. And I'm sure, uh, look, I'd say 50% at least did the same. I thought that was the moment. I thought it was just a poor, poor marking, a lot of space left open, an easy goal. One that shouldn't have been conceded. But Shy Bolton's very nifty and he's able to read the play very well. Kicked that and I sort of, <laughs> I sort of died inside a little bit. I was like, geez, like this is probably going to get worse than what it was at the time. And that's why I was saying, like, I thought. Geez, this is, could get 26 points, 32 points, and it's just embarrassing. And I was pissed off. And look, in all honesty, I had a lot of Richmond supporters around me that were just very egotistical. You know, I had an old bloke, older bloke that, you know, just one of those annoying guys that just has to comment on everything and be funny when it's not that funny. And then two kids behind me that I'd say were 14 or 15 and 
two kids who would have never experienced a losing Richmond side because we think back their last terrible year minus the 2014-15 period was oh no not even that even the 2015-16 period was 2011-10-9 and those kids would have been around four or five they wouldn't have remembered it and they were you know giving insults to Crips a lot of the players are oh, Carlton will choke this and just in my head I'm thinking God like I it it just upsets me I was, I was like geez we're probably not going to win this and they're just going to be right and I wanted to prove them wrong so bad and look we did which I'll get to later but the one moment that sort of said to me their mindset has changed it was close to centre wing right near where I was it was a boundary throw in down by 20 and Chera looks at the scoreboard on the on level 2 and and usually in past you'd see players on TV look at the scoreboard and they'd sort of put their head down and they wouldn't really put much effort in after that no head down from Chera simply looked at it and composed himself and won that clearance without a doubt putting a lot uh, put his body on the line and I thought geez these guys are actually a little bit serious this year they they do want it still and I, I was happy to see that kick that goal the Durden goal and I was like yep cool false hope can't remember who kicked the one afterwards I think it was the Jack Martin goal or someone before him at least and I was like oh cool they're getting me a bit getting me a bit excited here but ultimately we're just going to fall apart I can't remember who put us in the lead but I was sort of you know getting a bit hyped up getting a bit oh my god we're actually pushing here we're giving a proper effort not just falling away where we really had no right to be in that game with 20 minutes, you know, 20 points down in the context of just past seasons and past efforts. But the the Zach Fisher goal set me off and I was just alive and I thought, oh my God, like, what's happened? You know, 10 minutes ago I was sitting on this boundary line watching Chera look at a 20-point deficit and now we're up by 10 points. And the crowd, I mean... There is nothing better than seeing a bunch of limbs go up on level one, 360, pretty much, everywhere you look. It was really, really fantastic, and I thought, okay, we've probably got a very good chance to hold this, and I was still very nervous we'd lose. I was just scared. I, it's just fear, and it, it is a lot of fear watching these guys sort of knowing what they've done in past years they always find a way to roll us and then the goal that put us up by 16 which I think was O'Brien that sort of sealed it for me because you'd see Richmond fans leaving they all went quiet the people behind me went absolutely quiet they were still trying to that the, the saltiness came in the two kids behind me seemed to always they just kept making these salty comments may have said a couple very nice words to them about being sore losers and uh, being quiet, but uh, and that did shut them up in the end. But it was like relief, 
and I think Ari said this as well on his fan cam that it was relief and I felt that as well it was very unusual I I went out of the game thinking did that happen like uh, it felt like a practice match because that isn't meant to happen to us in a way like we're not meant to leave round one that happy and it was it was just insane and and I was looking I think there's no way we knocked that Richmond team off just purely based off what they've done the, the caliber of talent they have I was totally shocked totally shocked that's what happened in the end but thrilled nonetheless it's just insane to go to go to a go to ladder and you see four points and one game played it was just odd because like I mean 10 years ago I was a eight-year-old that really you know I don't remember that game very much the only goal I remember was the Chris Yaron one that I don't know if it won goal of the year but it definitely got something but that was the only thing I remember from that game so it was just insane it was really insane and just to be around that atmosphere it was terrific and I really do commend Voss for putting the, giving them that mindset to come back from that deficit. And it was it was shocking. It was just shocking in a good way because it just never ever turns out that way for us where we can come back from a lead and really stamp our authority on a game and we did it. And it frustrated me because for three quarters I was like, where was this? Where's this Melbourne performance? Not necessarily the Melbourne performance, just their centre clearance work. It all wasn't there. It was it disappeared, and I was frustrated. I was like, "This never, you know, these preseason improvements are never transferable into the normal season." I feel like they always just stay there, but it did come in the fourth, and and it makes such a difference when it does because they dominate with that type of when they get the game on their terms. And I think it will be a very interesting season, and I think games will purely be dictated on our midfield I think if our midfield plays poorly it's game over because I think our defensive structures and forward structures do the job most of the time when we go up forward we can find an option and you know when the ball does go in our back line we're able to adapt and change a couple things and we can hold our opponents down most of the time but I think our midfield is really where it is and it's you know scary to think that you've got someone like Sam Walsh coming into it in a couple of weeks' time. So it was that was sort of the key takeaway in terms of game sense. I just think midfield is is our key to winning. I don't think it's got to do with anything else. When you've got the likes of Cripps, Chera, Hewitt, Kennedy, just running around that midfield group, they can dictate a game, and you saw that. They, they find they find their way around the rucks, which we haven't been able to do very well in past years. So it was great to see. In terms of players, I'll go through a couple. I'll give... I'm not going to do votes purely just because I think it, it's harder to give votes when you're at the game and in the emo- you're very emotional and not taking in things as well as people do on TV. I, I seem to have very different opinions when watching the game in person and on TV 
but we'll, you know, I'll go through a couple and give my opinions. Kennedy, Chera, Cripps, Hewitt, perfect in their role play, role playing, sorry. Like I said with Kennedy, he's just a really elite player. And he's someone I think we really could have had such a better year with last year on a consistent basis. But it's great to know that he will be getting the spot each week form, you know, considering form. Chera is interesting, and I think I've said this to a couple people, like pre-season, like I, I don't see him getting that many touches. Like it's not till I look at the stat sheet afterwards that I think, oh, I didn't know he had such a great game. And same with people like Hewitt. Like, you don't notice they, they get their hands on the footy so much until they until you see afterwards. In terms of our defenders, Doherty, uh, quite insane. For a bloke to just come back and dominate like that was really fantastic. And and a goal. What, might, what, you know, what more can you ask for for a goal on your first game back? following the cancer treatment. That's a very special thing to happen. I'm loving the way Saad's moving this year. He seems a bit more comfortable with the way we're playing. I think last year he was very unsure structure-wise because he was still the same player that he was, that we you know drafted from Essendon. He just seemed to never be sure where he was meant to be going where he was kicking to, whereas this, he seemed much more composed around the footy, and although there were aspects, you know, of his game that were rushed, it wasn't anything that was, you know, out of the ordinary, that was not due to pressure, and little things like that, so he, he did play his role really well, and I was happy to see him back in the groove, and same with Williams, they both did what they needed to really well, and they, they do provide just a great outlet coming out of defensive 50 that you can set up for in front of the ball because you know where they'll run and you know where they'll present the ball to you. So it was great to see those two clicking again. My favourite, Will Setterfield. Look, people weren't too happy with this game and I can understand why he he sort of seemed a bit out of touch but I think he played his role really well and his pressure was just really up there when we needed it to be. And I th- he's that type of player that he'll just do what is right in the time, no matter the stats that he's collecting. He just does what is needed of him 24-7. So I think that's that was really important in the end and I think that's why people sort of are very critical of him because he doesn't, He's not that efficient with the ball sometimes. He'll tend to overuse, but off-ball, he's very impactful, and I think a lot of people miss out on really witnessing witnessing him doing that sort of thing. Mitch McGovern, I love I love watching Mitch. Uh, I think backline really suits him. He plays very similar to Jeremy. Just the way they jump, the way they mark, the way they kick. And... It, He's really just a forward. Like, he's... And I'm sure in his mind, he's thinking, I'm going to go lead up to this Richmond midfielder and mark his ball, as if he's a Richmond forward. And it's probably a good mentality to have. 
but he killed it. He's really settling in very well, and I hope he's very consistent. I'm going to move into the plays I thought weren't that great. Um, I'm going to start with Pitterman, but look, this is very biased because I've never had a very good view of Pitternet and I've never liked the way he's played uh, and look he he had some very good moments in the fourth quarter but I think as a ruckman he just doesn't give us the right hit outs on a consistent basis and what I mean by that is that I'm sure people like Cripps, Chera, they've got running patterns in that centre clearance. They know that one's going to be a spitter, one's going to, you know, one's going to sit at the back and, and run through. They know where they need to run, but Pitternet does not provide the ball where they need it to be about 50% of the time, which is really frustrating. I guess when you sort of analyse the game really deeply, it just it does make a really big difference and especially against I, I know you know Nank's a very good ruckman as well he's not he's talented in what, in what he does and I'm sure it's not as easy as just jumping up and tapping it to the right spot I can understand that but I just don't think he's improved at it at all I just think it's the same thing of last year where he just hits it down and he doesn't make a massive effort to really find a midfielder, a running midfielder. And looking at his hit-out win percentage, well, hit-out to advantage, 36%. Which is, it's, you know, that's disappointing. That's the numbers he was averaging last year. It was worse. I mean, it's been proven, but it's only been one game. But his averages last year was around 32 33%. Um Six hitouts to advantage, the same as Nank. However, Nank had less hitouts, so his hitout to win percentage was practically fifty percent. So it makes a really big difference, and I was just frustrated with the way he was presenting it to our midfielders, who made really good runs. And you saw in that last quarter that when it does go hit, you know, when he does hit out to advantage, we we practically create a chance every time and we go back and we get a score at least every time we win that midfield battle whereas when we don't we're very I wouldn't say you know trying to think of the word to say like we're very flat footed when we don't and we always become a bit confused of where we need to run when that centre ball isn't won so, yeah, for me, Pitto just... Look, I wasn't too happy. I wasn't too happy with what I saw most of the time. And I'm sort of waiting for Tom to really come out of his shell and explode, really. Because even he had three hit-outs. Three hit-outs to advantages and a 40% percentage to advantage. Already high, and I know it's less hit-outs, but it's small. And he's a much less developed ruckman, and he's averaging better, you know, hit out to advantage win percentages. So, little things like that just make a team much better or much worse. And I, I think for Pitto, he's just not making it heaps better. 
and look, another player, and I was really, really critical of Lockie O'Brien, and I was really disappointed with his game. I don't think he provides anything to this team, uh, and, I, and I'm just sort of comp- I don't think he's improved at all off season. Nothing to say that his spot in the side is cemented at all. I think Paddy Dow, if anything, and I don't love Paddy either, but I, I think Paddy's got much more potential than Lockie. Lockie's only got a left foot, and his left foot isn't even always accurate. So that's why it was just really disappointing seeing him just constantly screw up a lot of our contested ball. And his effort was quite pathetic at times. He would not run after his comp- opponent very hard. There was a lot of uh, a lot of action on my end where he was just jogging. He was just jogging after his opponent. No intent. He was really poor under pressure, and I. It was really disappointing. Very, very, very disappointing. To watch him out there, taking someone's spot in my opinion I think there are much better options than Lockie O'Brien but ultimately he will probably exit eventually for Sam Walsh otherwise a honey camp there's a couple but it was really disappointing I'm just not not a fan of Lockie O'Brien I just don't think he's worth a spot in that team there's not much more to say, yeah. I, I, and I, people love him, and what I, you know, you can't argue with that. I just think people again carried away purely because of the last quarter impact, and maybe I am too, just purely because of the hatred I've had for him in the past couple of years. But it just stood out to me a lot of the little things he does very poorly, which is more frustrating when the major things of the game he can't do very well so that was really disappointing to watch him out there 60% disposal efficiency so he's I think he was uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5th last in the team, 6th last so it's very disappointing I, I just don't think you can afford to have a bloke like that running around and not making much of an impact. It was very disappointing. But otherwise, I think that's where I'll leave it. Because, I mean, in terms of the future, look, I was happy with that win. And every time you come to this podcast, you're always going to hear the most pessimistic view. Purely just so we keep getting brought back to reality when a loss comes and I can at least say, yeah, I told you so. Uh, but no, in all, in all honesty, I was very happy with it. And I'm sure we're, we are all very happy. It's just relieving. And I was glad because, like I said at the start, it was our last year to sort of get a win that was meaningful against this slot in round one, and we did that. But there's still a lot to improve. I, I was sort of, you know, after I the emotion had died down, I was sort of looking back and thinking, geez. Richmond really had it over us for a lot of that game and we didn't really do much to stop it at times. And we're facing ultimately a tougher opponent this week and I think this this Bulldogs game is probably a better indication of where we're at. But we do match up very well against the Bulldogs. Well, I've seen in past 
years, we seem to always have an edge over them in the midfield and on the wins especially. We always run much harder than them and find gaps, expose them on offensive transition as they're quite a narrow team in terms of the way they run. They're used to the Marvel Stadium pitch where it's very narrow and they downhill ski quite a lot whereas we're used to a wider ground so we're very good at catching them off guard and being prepared to rebound their turnovers I'll sort of look a bit back at uh, Bulldogs round one game I was I was uh, at that game against Melbourne and, and they looked very strong and uh, I think the scoreline flatters Melbourne a little bit not a lot I just think the Bulldogs did a bit better than what the scoreline suggests their midfield I, I heard something about Bontepelli possibly not playing which in all honesty it's I, I still think they're as strong with or without him he obviously makes a big difference but it's going to be more of a motivator for them to say look let's show what we can do without him but I think as well at that Melbourne game pressure was a huge thing when Bulldogs were put under really really hard consistent pressure they they crumbled and they had no no method no strategy to overturn that pressure and that's when Melbourne kicked four in a row they kicked five in a row they they knew how to expose Bulldogs with that pressure and I think that's really important going into this game put you know bringing the pressure to the dogs and probably putting a lot of scoreboard pressure on them as well I think the dogs are a team that since they've been very you know competitive for a while when the game gets out of reach really quickly I think it sort of kills them off way quicker whereas we saw last year you keep giving them a sniff for longer and longer and longer and they will they'll get you eventually whereas putting the game out of their reach early is much better but now what I've seen with Richmond you never know you can we can be down and we can come back obviously but I think Bulldogs, the key to beating them is pressure. Pressure for longer and putting the pressure on them that leaves a lot of gaps open that we can transition really quickly and I think as well with Ashley Hansen on as senior coach, you'll obviously know quite a lot about their style which is very important. I think I'll leave it at that for that game. It's, it's, it's very hard to preview by myself I have to be quite honest I like asking people questions what they think so it's very odd on my own sometimes I don't know how to rebound my own thoughts I'll give a prediction um, look mate there's going to be one time where I have to say we'll win but for now Bulldogs by 10 but I think we'll lead for the first half and I think the Bulldogs might just have it over us in the second half. But I do expect a very competitive and tough game. And I'm excited. And something I haven't felt going to the footy in a while in terms of you win round one and you can go to round two thinking, geez, we're a chance. We're, we're actually a chance now. Whereas 0-1, I would have gone insane. We're not a chance. We just psychologically do not have the ability to beat the Bulldogs just purely because of what this scenario has meant in the last couple of years so it's great to be going in a bit more optimistic I, I think the Bulldogs 
are going to really test us. They don't want to go on to it. would really be a tough start to their season, especially when they have to play the Swans the week after. That's definitely not the thing they want to be going into that game with 0-2. But look, 2-0 for us would really just set up such a great environment, such a good energy around the club. Just the supporters, it would be fantastic. So we can cross our fingers and hope we get the job done. But I am predicting a Bulldogs win, unfortunately. Just due to the fact that they cannot lose this game and I think they'll just want it a bit more than what we will. But anyways, I hope everyone has enjoyed this podcast. Apologise that I'm on my own for this one. It's a bit hard now with uh, uni starting to find people that can do it at the same times. So I do apologise if it is a bit boring to listen to just one person chatting about the game. But I hope, besides that, you've enjoyed the podcast. Let me know what you thought of the round one game. Who stood out for you? Best moment of the game. And your predictions heading into round two. But until then, go Blues.